Hey friends, welcome to Artifice Episode 9, my interview with freelance chef Aubrey Nicoli. Aubrey is passionate about health, fitness, and a nutrient-dense diet. Her private catering clients include James Harden of the Houston Rockets, Kevin Durant of the Golden State Warriors, tons of C-suite executives, music producers, and all kinds of cool, fancy people. In this episode, Aubrey and I talk about navigating non-linear, non-traditional careers, the pressure of being a solopreneur, and the value of learning how to build the peripheral skills that allow you to succeed with your primary medium. All right, here it comes. Sometimes art feels like magic, pure, visionary, and sometimes it's brought to you in part by focus groups and algorithms. And the makers of art are no different. We're creatives, sure, but we're also salespeople. We need imagination and imitation. We need deep, meaningful connections, but we also have to network. Yep, even if you're an introvert. And that's my point. Balancing vulnerability with veneer is tricky, and it's a struggle we don't often share. So let's share. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. This episode of Artifice is brought to you by Seedles. Seedles are rainbow bright balls of seed, compost, and clay that make growing wildflowers fun and easy. The team at Seedles wants to spread the word that growing wildflowers is the number one way to support bees. If you're anything like me, totally lacking a green thumb, you'll be glad to hear that Seedles has done the heavy lifting by designing their beautiful seed bombs to basically grow themselves. It's a gorgeously simple way to help our little pollinator buddies and work toward ensuring a sustainable food system for our future. Head to growtherainbow.com to see which Seedles will work best where you live and use promo code ARTIFICE, that's all caps, A-R-T-I-F-I-C-E, for lucky 13% off your purchase today. Okay, so um, so <clears throat> the podcast is called Artifice, and I'm I'm interested in kind of the idea, you know, we I think my my theory is that we kind of start off as creative people, our creativity like finds a home, you know, maybe somewhere where we think like I'm going to make this my profession, and then we have to kind of like deal with, you know, the the, the combination of like wanting to be like creatively free and then also like needing to have a product that's like marketable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I think we're all kind of across the spectrum of these kinds of things. Um, so I think since I don't know that much about you or your business, we just have met each other just yes. now, even though we live like <laughs> what, 10 houses down yes. from each other. <laughs> um, so I would love to just know like kind of just tell me about like your your current business. Like what do you do these days? Okay, so I am a freelance chef, but um, we kind of have a few things going. So there's a lot of aspects of our business. One is catering. So for instance, today um, I have a private event in Park City and they are from out of town. They rented like a Airbnb and I'm going to make them dinner. Sweet. So that kind of stuff comes up um, often. And then we also have, um, so there's a catering and then my, um, husband and some partners just opened two cafes. So we have two cafes and then a possible third that we just signed on in Colorado. And then two, um, 
more things, little restaurants, but a different style that cool. are happening in the, in the next year. Awesome. So a lot with that kind of stuff, which is fun, um, but craziness. Yeah. Where are the two that are already open? So um, Gateway is where one location is, and it is in a co-working space called Kiln. Sweet. So it's the cafe within. And then they have another building that is open. The There's people working there, but the cafe opens actually like should be by Friday. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This is a crazy week for you. (laughs) Yeah, but it's exciting. And I don't have to, as far as, um, the creative side, I help, uh, Marco with menu design and things like that. But other than that, I don't have, I'm not really there. So, which is nice. So you're fun. And are you mostly doing the catering? Yeah. That's kind of like your main deal. Definitely. Cool. And you do like weddings and private events and yes, a ton of corporate events, um, in people's residences. And yeah, I try to only do two weddings a year. Really? Yeah. I did 19 weddings in September. Oh my God. I know it's not the same, but it was, yeah. Weddings are intense. Like I was grouchy the entire month of October. Yeah. I don't want to be at any more weddings. (laughs) Yeah. Um, a lot goes into weddings more than people know. Way more. Especially for like food. Yeah. I'm sure that's true. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah. I think in general, people don't, don't understand like what wedding vendors go through. Yeah. Um, yeah, that stuff is, (laughs) I had a bride, um, a couple weeks ago that she's, she's booked us for a Jackson hole wedding in the summer and she, you know, I sent her our song list, which is like a hundred songs yeah. or more. You know, it's it's a yeah. lot of music. Yeah, it's a lot. And she was like, "Is this all you play?" And we're like, "Oh my word, kind yeah." <laughs> you know, <laughs> and she's like, "Well, all we want is like '60s rock, like alternative rock." And I was like, "Well, you should hire a band who." Does, does that. that yeah you know what I mean yeah but I think yes I think people don't they just don't they no don't know. and you get all kinds of personalities and especially when it's someone's wedding they're more emotional about it totally so the level of craziness goes up yeah <laughs> it's really intense okay so where are you from I'm originally Seattle area awesome. Redmond that's where I grew up I would love to live up there it's yeah. like my every time I go visit Seattle or or Portland I'm like I belong here. This is where my like soul mm-hmm. is supposed to be. Yeah. That's how I am every time I'm home. Even the rain doesn't really bother me. It's a little gloomy, but you get used to it. I mean, yeah. I was used to it growing up, but cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a child, what were kind of like your earliest, like creative, creative or like inclinations of creativity? Like what were you kind of, what were you doing as a kid? Mm-hmm. So, um, there's two ways that I was super creative as a kid. One um, aspect was obviously in cooking, but I actually first, I mean, the first thing I ever remember making on my own was these um, bagel dogs, which is like my mom's like special recipe. You make like a bagel dough, you have a Polish sausage and you stuff it with pastrami and Swiss cheese. You roll it and you put like poppy seeds and stuff on it. And um, I was 14 and I made those on my own and making dough for my like first time at that It was a big deal. And I remember loving it and thinking, this is so fun. I want to like keep doing this. Yeah. How did you get into it? Um, so my mom was just a good homemaker. Like she always cooked. She can make anything out of like nothing. So I was just kind of like, ah, I like this. Um, but I knew that I was more of a creative person because I was attracted to things that were creative. So when I was like 15, I got a job 
not related to cooking, but I was doing like hair and makeup at a photo studio. Cool. And I did that all the way through high school. And throughout that time, I still like cooked and I have siblings, so I would cook at home. Yeah. All the time. My mom worked like full time. Are you the oldest? Middle. Cool. But um, we all kind of took our part and role and took care of our family. Yeah. So that's where it started. And then um, when I got to college, I moved to Utah and went to UVU and went to the culinary school here. Okay. Awesome. So that's kind of where I started. So... Talk to me about like how, because I feel like maybe not all food is art, but some food is definitely art. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's true? Definitely. So what are your thoughts about like kind of where the, where the, like maybe the boundaries are between like food, art, and just food? Mm-hmm. So um, when you're a chef, you can kind of go like one or two ways. You can go work in a restaurant and do the same thing every single day. You can go in like a high-end restaurant where you get to do really pretty, beautiful plating. And I always thought about like, okay, maybe that's something I would want to strive for. And then on the other end, I was like, well, I want to be able to have like the freedom to do what I want, not have someone tell me what to do. So I kind of wanted to just start my own private chefing business so that I could be creative and like make things really beautiful. And I was always attracted to that aspect of making my pretty, my food, not only pretty, but like taste really good and healthy. I'm super into, um, using really fresh ingredients. Like I don't, um, use anything frozen or anything like, you know, whatever. But I did work at a catering company. I did a, um, an internship where I won't say who it was, but they literally would like buy frozen lasagna, put it in a pan, put cheese on it. Mm. And that was like how, yeah. like, and then cook it like they had made it. And I yeah. was like, no, like there's no way I would ever sell this to someone. Right. Yeah. It just really didn't feel right. So I think from those experiences, I knew that one, I don't want to do like, I don't want to mass produce um, something that I'm not proud of. Yeah. And um, I love the aspect of, like really getting that one-on-one interaction with a client and then showing them like what I can do and like have it like so visually pleasing, like and then eating it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I I love it. I think we all have experiences like that where we kind of like butt up against like, I don't know, the parts of like these kind of creative or creative adjacent businesses that like cut corners or, um, and I think that can be like, that can be really disheartening. Um, yeah, I've experienced things like that too. So I'd love to know like at what point or kind of what happened in between when you like started cooking and when you were like, I want to make this my profession. Um, so I, let's see, right when I graduated school, I found my first family and I just knew like, I loved school. Like it was the best two years. It was amazing. Um, and not just because I learned a lot, but there was just something about creating that I just couldn't stop. Yeah. Like I loved it. You mean when you were at UVU? Yeah. Okay. And then from that point, I was like, I'm never going to stop this. So immediately I just started working. And, um, and then after I had my daughter, I was still working a bit. I think I took maybe six months off of cooking for families, but it's always something I could have done from home. Yeah. But then a little bit later down the road, it became more of a necessity because I was a single mom of two. Okay. So then I was like, okay, 
how can I really take my talents? Because I know I knew that I was good at it. And if I could figure out a way to like make money off this and do well, like I just had to work really hard and like hustle. And I did. And I found um, a really great family to work for. So I was doing like cooking lessons and making dinners for them and then catering and teaching cooking classes. And that's when I started teaching, which it turned out to be like a girl's night out. You know, people go and they'll be like, go to a class, 50 bucks, like come learn something, eat. And then like I'd give them recipes. It'd be like two to three hours. And I did that for like a few years to like kind of get my name out there as well. Um, One thing that I love is talking to creative people about how they're like creative about their businesses. And it sounds like when you were hustling, you weren't just, you know, you weren't in just like one lane. You were kind Mm -hmm. of like, Mm -hmm. so is this something that you had seen other people model, like, you know, doing kind of all of these types of things like you were doing? Um, Not really in Utah, at least for like, there, there aren't a lot of private chefs here. Right. There's a few, and there's a few that people know about, um, but mostly they get their catering from like neaters or like sure. whatever. Um, so I really didn't. I a lot of my business came from word of mouth, and then like people just started booking me for like cool. their parties at their house. How did you do it? Like, oh my gosh! Like, how did you start to? <laughs> what was your what was your kind of strategy? Um, it was a lot of like. I was seriously in the beginning, oh my gosh, like maybe 24, winging it. Literally, like, I could cook. My food always was good, but I would have to, like, I would look at stuff, like, on, I would look at stuff online a little bit, because I had to teach myself how to display food in a really pretty way, and that was really hard. And, I mean, moving forward, I look back, and I'm like, I can't believe, like, like, I did a good job. But now I'm like so much better at it, which is so funny. But um, I mean, you learn as you go. And that's what it was. It was literally on the job training by myself for years. I mean, isn't that just how like our businesses are? Yeah. Ever evolving. Yeah. I feel like every once in a while someone will, will come and talk to me and be like, how did you get where you are? And I'm like, well... I don't even really know. And also you could never replicate it because it was so Mm. specific to like, but I think really having kind of like applying your creative mind to like, okay, where can I, where can I like make a little here? How can I like, you know, make these skills kind of more marketable. So when you're thinking about displaying, when you were kind of first starting to like learn how to display food, maybe this is like a weird question, but like, how did you think about it? Like, were you thinking about colors or like, how did you start to like? Um, so for me, I knew that everything needs to look really clean. And that's just the look that I like. So I would only ever buy like a white platter. So okay. all of my stuff started out on white. And then elevations is where I would like play with different styles. So I would have some like wood ones or like metal. And if I had like like black bases or whatever. So more so it was with like making sure that it was pretty minimalistic, but like to add color or anything, it would be like in flowers with the food. And when I create my menus, I make sure that I have a ton of color in my menus. So at least like they're on a, 
you know, a white base. So then the foods really speaks for itself. So I just kind of naturally, I think, knew that or that I should. Yeah. Yeah. So it came pretty easy. It was more finding the, all the stuff and buying it. That was tricky for a while, at least in the beginning. But now like it's easy. Yeah. Everywhere. And when I see things, I'm like, oh, I could use that even though it's not for like an elevation. Yeah. I like have these, we have these wood, um, they're really cute boxes and they were actually planters that we took the top out but now it's like this base for oh, an yeah. elevation it's pretty that's awesome so you so now you have like several different kind of styles that you can kind of go to mm-hmm. depending great. on what the client wants and what they're sure. asking for or where it's located so like tonight I'm going to Park City I'm going to bring like my dark wood ones because I know the house is going to be like all wood right you know okay. so it depends on where I'm going and um, if it's a wedding I'm definitely using white yeah but yeah um so when you're working with clients, um, how how do you kind of negotiate like their vision with like your vision and kind of your expertise? Is that a good, is that, do you know what I mean? Like if a client's mm-hmm. asking you for something, you're like, okay. Or like, how do you yeah. kind of, how do you find creativity like within someone giving you like, you yeah. know, your boundaries? Um. Sometimes it's really hard, only in the way that they'll ask for things that maybe I wouldn't love, like, or, or products to use. Like, I had actually had a bride that wanted me to incorporate fruity pebbles into a dessert. Oh, no. And I was like, well, okay. I'm horrified like, by that. I know. I'm like, I, and I had to. Yeah. You know? So sometimes you just make the choice, like, what's more important, your client being happy or like your, yeah. you know, but then I just did it, um, with an ice cream and it was fine. Okay. Um, and like cookies and stuff, but you just, you have to roll with it and be flexible. Yeah. And do your best and still make it pretty. And I did. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I, I know with a lot of like musicians and, and I, I'm sure this happens with plenty of other art professions too. You have like like I'm sure it happens with visual art. You have things that are more like commissioned work, which it sounds mm-hmm. like is most of what you're doing. And then like sometimes you do things that are like no one gives you any rules. It's just like kind of your. So oh where, yeah, that that actually happens to do a that? lot. So um, I have reoccurring clients that I make the menus for. They n- literally almost never change it. Um, so I get to creatively like build what I want, cook what I want, and they're like happy. So, um, in two aspects, I do have, um, one of my clients is young living and they have a list of like 40 things that they want you to incorporate or not incorporate into their menus. Okay. Um, a pretty strict food list. There's like no nightshades, no, um, bad oils, red meat, um, dairy has to be on the side, just like a lot of stuff. But even within those parameters, I still get to be super creative. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. And then, and they're, so they're great about that. And then we have, um, the client that I actually started when I was a single mom, they, we've been with them Well, I started and then Marco kind of took on, um, a more personal role. He was, um, working in their home a few days a week and then doing all their events. And then I would help on the side, but, um, they like were to the point where 
we could literally like do anything, which is amazing. Yeah. Once in a while, they'll ask for like a repeat of something because they loved it. Yeah. Um, But that's it. So really, if you build your clientele and you have reoccurring and they trust you, you you get to be creative all the time. I mean, really, I would say it's rare that anyone tells me what to do. Um, Maybe they'll say, I really like really it's mostly food intolerances i guess more than anything at least at this point in allergies yeah yeah that's major these days but that's it i would imagine that like having a restaurant would be kind of like a creative playground in that way but you Mm -hmm. do you feel like you just you get like as much of that already as you would if you were yeah um definitely i am constantly creating menus and I'm working on um writing a cookbook right now so I'm trying to at least every week get down two recipes and um and then I'll build it what's like the concept of the cookbook um I I'm not a hundred percent sure yet but I do know that I mean I'm gearing towards more of like a lifestyle cookbook in the way that um I'm gonna have some healthy recipes because that's what I love. Yeah. But then I'm going to have like, here's a holiday menu okay. and things that you can use. Or if you need to take something to like an event with friends or like the, so far I'm just compiling like main dishes, soups, salads, appetizers and all that. But I want to work it together in the way that you can go to the book. Like if you have an event and you need to take something or you're going to host one at your house awesome. and here's kind of a menu and this is what yeah. you'll need. That's great. Um, and then like go to things. I'm sure. I don't know. Fun little bites and yeah, stuff. Yeah. That's great. I love cooking. I, I, I used to feel like music was like my hobby and now music is my job. And so I, I feel like cooking is like my, my favorite, like creative hobby, mm-hmm. but I have no, I don't know what I'm doing, but I, but I, I like like being creative about it. Yeah. Um, I can see, I can, I can like sort of imagine what it would feel like to know a lot more and, you know, kind of be able to put together menus in like a, a creative way. Yeah. Um. So when you're building a menu for like a, like a full meal or something mm-hmm. or an event, like, how do you, um, do you have like a, a process of like, you know, like a structure? Like, how mm-hmm. do you kind of put it together? Yeah. So when someone comes to me, the first thing I do is I'll send them a proposal with, depending on what style of um, event they want to have. Because I can do plated or like a, a display buffet, buffet yeah. stations, whatever. To also, if I need to bring a lot of staff with me. But a lot of jobs I do with like either myself, my husband will come, or I'll have like one or two people that I call and take with me often. But um, so with a few details from them, like your guest count, and that also determines what kind of menu I do. Um, and um, location, like if I have to do rentals, but I'll send something out that says, like you get, for this amount of people, you have an appetizer, a salad, um, one protein, two sides, and then, well, it's really three sides, and then a dessert and a specialty drink and water. And within those parameters, then I say, we'll have a menu attached for you as a sample menu, and then this is the price for those things, like each of those items. And then they'll come back and say, and sometimes I won't send a menu until I get that approved. Sure. 
Otherwise, I'm just sending out menus constantly. Yeah, it's like too much yeah. kind of work. So the first step is getting them that initial proposal. And then um, I'll send them some sample menus. And then I'll custom build them a menu based okay. off of their likes and the things that they are telling me that they are wanting. Sure. Um, this question is maybe like, it's maybe too broad, but I don't know. I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, do you, do you, how do you think about like balancing, like, or do you think about, you know, like I want to weave this ingredient through like Mm -hmm. through the menu this way, or like I have this ingredient represented here, so I'm not going to put it in other Mm -hmm. places or like, how do you, how do you think about that? Um, so depending on like what season it is and if something's really good, I use like what is available and I'll highlight it. Usually, I mean, no more than in two dishes. Okay. Um, usually just one and then maybe it'll be like a garnish or like a small portion of another dish. If it's, you know, like some form of a vegetable or like an like aromatic or something. Or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I do make sure that the menus, they make sense. Like if this something's geared a little bit more on the Italian side, the whole menu will, sure. but in like a really fresh way. Yeah. So. Do you want to like say anything more about that? Like, I, I feel like I want to hear more about it, but I don't know like what to ask. Uh-huh. Like, I'm curious, like how, kind of creatively, like how you make it like a theme or like right. find balance throughout. Well, I could just, I mean, I'll tell you what my menu is tonight. Great. How about? Okay. Yes. So what I've... Um, so tonight's is for Young Living. So I have that food list, which is um, really important for me to go by. And they also use this einkorn flour, which has like no, like very little to no gluten in it. Sweet. So it's actually really hard to work with. Yeah. But they gave me like this like 50 pound bag. So over the course of um, <clears throat> these months, I usually, yeah. And I have like one or two events a month. So I have to incorporate this in some way. Um, so today I made, um, like a little loaf bread with it, but so that's like the one thing that's like a starch, I guess, like a heavier item, but for the most part, sorry, it's okay. Take a quick drink. Yeah. Um, just while you're taking a drink, um, I, I, this is my favorite part of like creative stuff, just like strategizing, like the balance. I feel like it's my, it might be similar to like a musician structuring, like, their concert, you know, like making sure you have a balance of like happy and sad songs and like faster Mm -hmm. and slower. So I'm like that part that that's like the thing about it for me that I get like excited about. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Yeah. Keep telling me, keep telling us. Okay. So, um, the first thing I'm going to start with is a salad. They didn't need or want an appetizer in this instance. So, um, they're going to, they're coming, they're flying in today. So they're going straight into dinner when they show up and I'm setting it up as like a display dinner. Um, so I'm doing a kale Caesar salad. So with that kale is a very hearty green. And if you have too much kale, like I just try to, there's a balance there. So I actually mix it with like finely chopped romaine and I finely chop the kale. Okay. So, and then, um, when I'm there, so it's all like prepped and cut. I toss it with the, I'm doing like a lemon vinaigrette, but it's a little bit Mm. creamy. Um, It has Parmesan in it and lemon and Dijon um, and then avocado oil and fresh garlic. So it's a good, um, there's a lot of, it's still acidic and creamy a little bit, um, but it's not overwhelming or heavy. Sure. So I definitely want to keep the um, kale, the star. But then, so with that, I'll top that with, well, I'll actually have to, 
put the um, Parmesan on the side in a little bowl for the people who are dairy free. Um, but I'm making croutons out of chickpeas. So instead of using oh, bread, bread, that's oh. another yeah. like um, a way to um, make sure that it is uh, gluten free as well. So chickpea croutons, tomatoes, Parmesan cheese, and then the lemon vinaigrette with a kale and romaine. Sounds so that's good. the beginning. And then I'm doing um, roasted root vegetables. So I have sweet potatoes, carrots, parsnips, um, the baby like colored um, potatoes, red onion for color. So the other thing with like doing a roasted vegetable is you want to make sure that you have a variety right. and it's like colorful. And then I put herbs on it. So I'm using like thyme and then there's garlic, salt and pepper, avocado oil, roast those. And then I have um, whole roasted chickens. Another thing that's also just like really pretty. So I leave them whole. And then when I'm there, I'll cut them so that they okay. can see it. Yeah, wow. And I like do just like a rub on them. Um, I try to keep it really clean so it's really fresh herbs. And that's the other thing is keeping in with the vegetables. There's like herbs and garlic. Same with the chicken. Okay. But I'm adding like lemon and olive oil to okay. that. Um, so kind of molding the flavors together. And then because there's lemon in the um, salad, there's a little bit of lemon in the marinade that was going went on the chicken. For the chicken yeah. So it's a tiny bit acidic, but not overly. Um, and then let's see my roasted vegetables. Now that I can't think. Got your, your, yeah. your, your uh, einkorn <clears throat> loaf. My chicken, my einkorn loaves. Oh, and then, um, for fruit. So right now it's winter and, Fruit's just okay, but mm -hmm. citrus is in citrus. season. I grew up in Arizona, so yeah. I grew up in like a citrus grove. So I love citrus. Yeah. So um, I got the, so I have some navel oranges, cara cara oranges, and then pomegranate because mm. another like it's beautiful. Like they look like little jewels. Yeah. So what I do is I peel the, um, the oranges, like just with a knife, run it down the sides. So then it, I can slice it, and so they're like rounds, but they're right. all peeled. Right. So then I display them just like on a flat platter that's white, and um, shingle them and layer them, and then I cut. I well, sorry, I um, sprinkle the pomegranate seeds on top, and then have berries. So like a blackberry because oh, wow. that will stand out, right. and then maybe like tear up the. Um, raspberries and place those on there. So I'm very strategic in how I'm placing it. Yeah. So it looks really pretty. And then I have mint, um, a mint plant in my house. So I pick off tiny little mint leaves, put those on I there. Sometimes I'll drizzle it with honey, depending on if it looks like they may need a little more sweetness or I'll just do a little bit of lime zest or lime juice over mm -hmm. the top. And then you have like a really pretty, you know, fruit salad of sorts, yeah. but it's like, but it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And simple, you know, yeah. they're simple ingredients and they're good for you. So it's kind of, I always try to make sure there's something fresh. I mean, most of my stuff is, but something that's really bright within yeah. there. Cause you need the balance of there's the really savory chicken where you have like the salt and then like the crispy skin. And then you have a little bit of creaminess in the salad and the dressing acidity in the fruit. So it is also that balance right. in, of the entire menu right. that I look at. That's great. And then we'll do dessert. And I have a uh, Nutella fudge gelato mm -hmm. and einkorn <laughs> like crumble that I made almost like a pastry dough, cooked it, and I'm going to use that instead of a traditional like oat or um, 
like a cookie crumble with wheat. Yeah. So yeah, um, and berries and that stuff. That sounds but. really beautiful and really good <laughs> and very satisfying. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what is it like working? Oh, sorry, were you mm-hmm. done? Yeah. Okay, we're good. Um, well, what is it like? having your spouse like be kind of in the same business, but Mm -hmm. like, like, or how did you meet or? Yeah. So, um, Marco and I are both chefs and we didn't know each other by, um, from the industry at all, which is, you know, it's a very small place here. So, um, but my little sister and his little brother are married. They introduced us. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, they've been married, I think, two more years. I think we're five years or like seven or something. Um, But I actually catered my sister. So their wedding in Seattle and he catered the one in Utah. Oh, wow. And that was kind of our initial first, like we, that's when we actually knew who each other were. Okay. And she had said like, you know, um, Antonio, he has, that's my sister's husband. She's like, um, his brother is a chef and he's going to be catering this one so I was like oh my gosh kind of sizing up my like competition you know (laughs) and mine was first yeah so um and it and it was fine like I remember him saying or like we met in Seattle at the wedding and he was like you did it he's like you did all this I'm like yeah and he's like, he's like, it's really good. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> and like, that was it. And then I never saw him again for like a year and a half. And then um, at the time I was single, but he wasn't. And then like a year and a half later, like he was going through his divorce. And my sister was like, hey, like, will you just like be his friend? He's having a hard time. It really came out of nowhere. Um, he just like needs like help through this process. And I was like, sure. And, um, so we really just kind of became friends first, but then because I was working and doing events and he was the executive chef at culinary crafts. Okay. Um, he, I guess I kind of, I mean, he would say that I used him for like his help, (laughs) (laughs) but like I, he actually taught me a ton and I did like, I don't know, he, when, then when he decided like, he was like, will you go out with me? And I was like, no, like you need to be single for a while. He would like bring me like um, infused olive oils <laughs> and like smoked salts and like Aww. things that like he knew that yeah. I would like. Yeah. <laughs> and so after a while, I was like, okay. And we dated, ended up getting married. We both had two children each. So together we have four. Okay. So awesome. it's craziness. Yeah. Um, but they've been together for so long that it's just their norm. They're very young. Um, I, right now they're six, eight, eight, and 10, but it's like six years ago, I guess our oldest was four, you know? So they were, I mean, down to a baby. Like Bruno was four little littles. Yeah. Really tiny kids. So, um, managing, still trying to stay creative all the time and working, doing the family thing. I mean, you can do it, but it's like know late nights yeah stuff so like um did you start you know pretty soon after you got together did you start kind of collaborating on yes so it's actually started when we were dating because if I needed like a help with an event he would help me and that's how I knew when we were like being friends and just dating that if we could work together like actually go and do an event together prep at home together that like okay I'm like well we could 
do this then. Like if yeah. we can get along and be around each other 24 seven sure. and like really we became best friends, but then also like working like business partners. Sure. And I mean, it really like, we do really well together now at this point. I know what his strengths are. He knows what mine are. Yeah. There's things that um, I don't particularly love doing. And honestly, he aesthetically is better than I am at really? making things pretty. Wow. Yeah. I think that um, it's really crazy. He's very, very creative, like extremely. And I'm more like, I'm creative, but I'm more on, I can do the middle line where I can do the business end of it as well. Yeah. And so you're like a great um, kind of yin and yang. Kind of a, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. But um, we actually uh, over Christmas did a chopped family cooking competition. Sweet. And it was boys versus girls. So Marco was the <laughs> team leader, you yeah. know, and I was on the women's side. <laughs> the women won. Awesome. Way to <laughs> but, go. Like we definitely like do a ton together. I mean, literally we're nearly together all day long. <laughs> I love seeing like, I, I love seeing like how like the balance of creativity and business, like if your mind works like that, it's everywhere. It's like mm -hmm. all throughout your life. Um, I, I think I find that idea really compelling and you like kind of cultivate and like curate your whole life to like support this mm -hmm. balance. Um, okay. So, um, you know, I think with some kinds of art, they, it feels really personal. Like, you know, if I'm, if I'm putting it out an album of like original music, you know, I think whether or not the songs are like autobiographical, people like think they are, and it's like really vulnerable. And sometimes I get like, even if I have something that I'm so proud of, I'm like a little bit totally nervous to share it. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like vulnerable about your cooking? Um, in one aspect, I just want everyone to love it so much. So yeah. if I feel like oh, I didn't do as good as I know I can do, then I'm really hard on myself, yeah. which I'm, I've really never had too bad of an experience or anything where someone didn't like it. I actually don't think anyone's ever told me that, but like, I know for me, like if this isn't up to my standards, then I don't know, I struggle or I have, or I just have like a bad day. I'm like, man, it's like what happened, yeah. you know, but it doesn't happen too often. I wouldn't say, I mean, Good. cooking. So uh, I don't know. It is subjective because everyone's not going to like everything, right. but then that's also why you give variety, right? Like you have to have something for everyone and it has to be substantial enough that if they wanted to just eat, you know, that salad, it's going to be the best salad they've ever had. Yeah. So you just need to aim for every single dish to be incredible. Yeah. So you don't really have um, someone left out. You yeah. Know? And you don't have any kind of p part of your menu that's weak. Yeah. Um, do you or, or have you had like kind of those those fears about pursuing a career that's that's artistic? Yeah. Um, I would love to know about that or, you know, either either past fears or, or current. So um, I have a really, really hard time with large groups. So if I teach a cooking class that's really big mm -hmm. or something, I just, I don't know. It's re extremely hard for me. We also have, so Marco's done uh, three Food Network shows. Awesome. And like, it's something that I would really want to do, but my fear mm. super holds me back. Just like being on camera or? Yes. Being okay. on, and 
and then like competing in that scenario. Like, even though I know, like, because now we know what it's like and the behind the scenes um, and how not real it is. Yeah. Even that scares me because I'm like, well, if they're not really judging me off of my food and they predetermine who they want to win. Right. Like, what's the point? But then at the same time, like, but there is an element of you are cooking, you are doing it on camera, you are, you know, that I like, it's weird. I have a, um, I'm not really like a super anxious person, but I just do have this, like, what if I fail? Like, do I want to like strive for this? And we both went through an interview process where you go through um, tons of paperwork, Skype interviews, calls, and it was for a Food Network show and um, Marco got it and I didn't. Mm, And I was like devastated. Like I cried. I was like, oh my gosh, like, but then I thought about it. I'm like, okay, this show was, you know. They're doing casting. Yeah. Yeah. It totally is casting. Yeah. And I wasn't what they were looking yeah. for and that's fine. So I had to like get over that and I still went with them and like supported him along the way. And that's the other thing that when you work with your spouse, like no matter what, even though it was hard for me, like you still have to support that person yeah. and love them through it. And, um, and I did. And I think maybe I would try again. Yeah. Um, but it it is like a huge thing that scares me because we have been contacted like many times about filming stuff. But I almost feel like I need to go take classes to like be yeah. on camera. Oh, because it scares me that much. Totally. Well, one thing that I find like with everyone that I've talked to, um, when you have these kind of businesses where there's there's not like a a pre-described way that it's supposed to work. You're like, you're figuring it out. It's totally personalized to like yourself, your individual skill set, where you live, all these specific things. Um, we all are required to have like way more skills beyond like the ones we get paid for. Mm-hmm. Like one of my goals this year is to like get better at Instagram. Like, you know, you like, mm-hmm. I think like, Oh, I focus on the music and like, it'll take care of itself. But like, it doesn't not like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, so I have, I have to think like, you know, I can be confident about like my music, but then like, I need to know how to like take selfies, mm-hmm. you know, it's so stressful, like all totally. the things. So like being comfortable on camera when like probably you're, you're used to like, it's, I would imagine like cooking is, is kind of private. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of it you're doing like literally in your home, right? Mm-hmm. You're doing a lot of your prep Tense. at your home. Yeah. So doing that in front of people is, and you're totally right. It's, it's so subjective, you know, and with reality TV, like people always ask me if I, you know, want to like go on the voice and I Mm -hmm. don't, I have like, (laughs) I have no desire to do that. Um, I have a lot of friends who have, who've done well, but you know, you know that people are going to talk about you Mm -hmm. in a way that has nothing to do with like the thing you're there to do, which is, it's really scary. Yeah. Totally (laughs) scary. And I think, I think it's worth it for some people and yeah, I not maybe for other people. Yeah. But that's, that's great that you're like, you know, kind of always thinking about like what else are the things that you could be doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, Ooh, a computer sound. I don't know if that will show up in the recording. I guess we'll find out. Um, what do I want to ask? I want to ask, and maybe again, maybe this is like a weird question for like your specific business, but do you have to keep any like creative boundaries between like 
the the money making like hustle and like your kind of creative integrity and if Mm -hmm. so like what does that look like for you Um, not putting pebbles in food (laughs) <laughs> not putting fruity pebbles in your ice cream yeah. that was like a moral oh my gosh. like a moral anything issue for processed you. is a moral <laughs> issue for me <laughs> like anything that like comes out of a box that I can't handle um yes so this is how I get around it because you do have to be really really smart with your menu planning and your brand like yeah a, yeah yes so and this is also coincides with um, putting stuff out there online, like Instagram or those things. So, um, when I'm creating a menu and I'm getting, I'm booking like my month out, I will send out menus that are very similar all month long so that my food costs can run into each other per event. So because I have two events this week, my menus are, they're not identical, but I would say they're very, very close. Okay. So I can buy one Bulk. big box. Yeah. yeah. So um, I save money that way. I'm still being creative, doing what, cooking what I want to cook and at the quality and level that I want to cook at. Yeah. Um, so the main thing is, is making sure that I'm aware of when I am like proposing and bidding out people and I'm right. giving them the menu that I can like give them what I need to and it works. So I'd say, you know, it doesn't, it's not a perfect thing all the time. Um, but when I can, I do. Yeah. So how does that work or like feel? Um, I mean, just like, what's your experience with, with like that bidding process? Like, how do you kind of, how do you deal with it? Or like, um, does it bother you or? No, like we have set up like, our pricing structure. So it's the it's same kind of across the line. Yeah. We know it is based on how many people like, and I mean, what style of a event it is. Do we need staff? Are we doing rentals, disposables or none? And the client's going to do it or, you know, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it, but we have the basics of how much we charge for okay. everything. And we have a minimum. So to, go anywhere and obviously once in a while like if it's I mean once in a while it'll change um depending on like if it's more of a favor for someone you yeah, know sure. yeah. but on our basis like we have our minimums for sure I think I'm wondering like how it feels if there's like I mean I'm just I'm just wondering you know if there's like a certain other person or company that you kind of feel like do you feel like that rat race ever Um, or do you feel, do you feel like, no, because in my experience, well, people want to eat and they love to throw parties (laughs) yeah, all the time. Yeah. And that in Utah never ends. Yeah. Like people love parties. Yeah. And because, I mean, if you want an experience in your home, like there's not a lot of chefs around here that do that. Yeah. Um, so, you feel so like this is a great place for your mark for this is a great market for yeah. you. Yeah. And there are great catering companies here, like for instance, where Marco used to work at yeah. Culinary and Crafts. I'm, like, I'm familiar with Culinary Crafts because yeah. I'm in the wedding oh, circuit. For sure. Too. Yeah. Okay. So they do large, huge events. Yeah. Um, but they don't really do anything smaller than twenty five people. Okay. And I do that. So yeah. that like little niche, a like niche. I have. And they'll like refer me people who cool. like need that because they're they don't offer that. So um yeah, I don't know. 
maybe it would be kind of a different experience per like where you're living. Yeah. Yeah. That's great that you found like a market where you kind of steer your own ship. Yeah. That's, that's cool. And also the, I think, I don't know, a lot of the chefs, like they work at a restaurant and then they'll do events on the side, but mine is like solely that. I mean, it's private chef. I travel, like I'll go really all over. So I don't know. Yeah. I just, there's not, it's a, it's a good spot to be in. Yeah. I think, and I, I'm glad that I'm glad I wanted to do that when yeah. I was so young. Yeah. Because it takes years to build your clientele. Totally. Yeah. Like it's taken me a long time. Yeah. I mean, I've been doing this for like nine years. Awesome. So. That's like a, a, exactly the same amount of time that I've been like a full-time musician too. Yeah. We probably have like lots of, you know, stuff in common with kind of like dealing with like yeah. building that up and like, yeah. you know, kind of, I don't know, I experienced like a fair amount of like can I keep this up? Like kind of self doubt Mm -hmm. sorts of things. Okay. This question is like, also I'm just sincerely so curious. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, if someone, if you meet someone and they tell you they're a musician, you know, you, you think a lot of things and you automatically are like, Oh my gosh, this person's a professional artist. Like, what does that mean? I'm not sure that a, a professional chef would have the same kind of reception from like the public. And I know it's something that like I struggle with. Like I want to, I want to explain to people like, this is my actual job. I don't just like play around in Mm -hmm. my basement studio. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and I, I think I'm just curious, like, do you have any, like, I don't know, like either frustrations or like just things to do with like, I don't know how you relate to like other people that Mm -hmm. like aren't in kind of this, this type of business that's like maybe a little bit tricky to understand? Um, I think. Or like your schedule is probably totally different from a lot of people. Yeah, it definitely is. And it also is because I have kids. But honestly, in the beginning, I think that, so if you look at my career versus my husband's career, um, I went to school and I feel like for, as a woman, sadly, and in this, place I had to prove myself yeah totally I mean I really had to show that like my food was really good yeah and those double standards are yes they're 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 real that's real stuff like Marco on the other hand he started like working in restaurants um at very young I think he started like 14 or 15 um I'm literally like jobs like Malgobies he went he grew up here well he moved here from San Diego, but he went to high school here and everything. He didn't go to school and he's like yeah. incredibly gifted and talented, but like he doesn't have that to say, oh yes, I went to school, da, da, da. Cause because people, they yeah, ask there's a and perception. They, there is, yeah. yeah. Like, are you trained? Yeah. You know? Right. And he, it's just, it's bizarre because I feel like I have to say that Yeah. and he doesn't and it, and his like skill set, like no one questions him yeah. ever. And and they're just like in awe of like what he does. But mm. you would think that he went to like Paris. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Italy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there definitely are some perception things like in yeah. the business. Yeah. Yeah. And being definitely and being taken seriously because 
I'm like one person doing everything all on my own. Yeah. I'm doing my own proposals, my own bids, my own menus. So I'm having to do the business and then emailing back and sure. phone calls and planning. You're almost like everything, like a like a full planner. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're actually making it. Yeah. My business is like that too. It's like the art is like the one, like a one thing. And then there's like all this other stuff. And and sometimes it's something that maybe like I struggle a little bit, just like, you know, even communicating with like friends, family, neighbors, you know, just people, Mm -hmm. I think. And it's not them. It's definitely me just feeling like I, I want you to understand like what my, like what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but like, I feel like you cannot yeah. have any idea like how <laughs> dramatically like extensive it is. Yeah. It's so much work. Yeah. Yeah. It's a ton. And sometimes I feel like, I don't know, I need to like prove that I'm being productive mm-hmm. or something because people aren't seeing it, you know? Yeah. And especially if you work from home, like, you know, I don't know. Sometimes that's something that's tricky for me. And it goes out. I mean, as far as like when you are bidding someone and sometimes I'm like, okay, this seems a little high, but at the same time, like they don't know, like, are they going to look at it and be mm-hmm. like, is this like way too high? Or they can look at, okay, like we're getting all of this. And there's just so much work that goes into it. I mean, hours and hours. Yeah. So I do like, that's when, I mean, it's trial and error. It takes years, but and when then you figure it out and you're like, oh, okay. And then it changes, you know, yeah. but, um, you do always feel like you have to prove yourself. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. Literally yeah. every event. It's like putting on a show. Totally. Um, do you work with any other, to other types of artists? Um, you know, some types of art are, are really collaborative. Like, you know, like I'm always working with like photographers and like film people. Yeah. Uh, other companies, yes. Like we'll kind of do some collaborations like with like Blendtec, like okay. people like that that are local. Um, but like creatively, no. I mean, we work with planners in the sense like, yeah, like event planners. Yeah. And if they need our help on like what they think that we'll need like as far as like plates like when we're building a menu sure. and they're doing rentals like we'll help them know like how this needs to be presented right you know cool but i mean not a ton do you and this also is like such a leading question but like do you do you like identify with like being an artist like do, mm. like does that yeah. Do you see yourself as like part of like the art community yeah i do because i think cooking's so creative I think like so too, for sure. Major. And my, um, I kind of come from a creative family. My sister's a fashion designer, extremely artistic, like her sketches. Like, and she's yeah. been drawing since we were little, but she like makes patterns and can make her own clothes. Wow. Like she's like unbelievable. Um, and then I have a sister that's really good at interior design. And then um, a sister that is an esthetician. So like cool. that is also yeah, kind of creatively totally. driven. Yeah. Um, so I do feel very much like I'm surrounded by creative people and they're definitely my best friends, but it's, yes, I would definitely say yes. Like cooking is, I think I'm trying to like feel around and see if there's any other like big picture, like art things we should talk about. (laughs) I don't know if there are, but I'm just, I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious if you have like, you know, thoughts about like art kind of at large. Um, well, one aspect of, 
um, cooking is also like we photograph a lot of our food. Yeah. So it has to, so food styling and like food photography is major. So that's another element of like, we could even do it where maybe it's not going to taste exactly perfect, but it will for the photo, like look amazing for the photo. Yeah. But I mean, it's another aspect of our job food photography, I guess, and and to put online so people know what we're doing. Definitely. Um, You got to like communicate about your art. Yeah. 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 Um, Okay. I just have a few more questions. Um, What's like your favorite type of thing to make? Mm, That's so hard. I literally (laughs) love food so much. Um, I love Italian food. I did do a cooking school in Italy for um, a couple of weeks where I learned how to make like pasta and all that. Cool. So... If I could live anywhere, I'd probably live in Italy yeah. <laughs> and um, or in Europe in general. I love it. Um, but I gear towards a modern Italian, like, I don't know, influence. But then at the same time, because I am from Seattle, I love seafood. Mm. So I love like just making sure that I'm cooking something that is healthy, that I will want to eat. It's super colorful. I don't even know if I have like a specific genre, but the flavors that I lean towards come from an Italian like background. Cool. Yeah. If that helps. Garlic and tomato. And And citrus. Like I love lemon. Yeah. And herbs. Yeah. And Mm. yeah. That sounds great. (laughs) And then, and maybe there's the answer is just no, but is there anything like that you feel like you, you're, you're not good enough at that you that you like have as a goal? Um, I am not great at pastry. Like I can cook and I can bake to like what I have to. Like today I made bread and like, I don't love doing it, but I am capable. Yeah. (laughs) But if I could make like incredible desserts, like I follow like people like, yeah, like Dominique Ansel, you know, like his, I mean, anyone French in like that influence. I'm like, oh, I wish I had that talent. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) That stuff is like, that it's definitely art. Like yes. I feel like looking at like tarts and yep. like croissants, I, I, they, they're so pretty. Um, I also feel like very intimidated by those things though. Um, do you have any advice to younger artists? Maybe like, like you can go specifically to chefs or kind of more broad. Yeah. I would say if you can find something that you are passionate about and you love, like work your butt off to do that the rest of your life because like I'm honestly like happiest when I'm creating and working and when people like tell me that they love what I'm doing it is the most like satisfying like gratifying like feeling where you're like you feel good like in that you're helping someone even in some instances you know or you're like bringing joy to people yeah so I would say that if you're a creative person and you find what you love like just work and like yeah. you have to work. It's yeah. not, it's not going to be easy and don't think it's going to be easy, but like, don't give up yeah. either. I yes. mean, I could have years ago just gone and work in restaurants, you know, yeah. and made like decent money, but not great. It's Utah, you know, yeah. like the markets, sure. I mean, but like really just work and you'll be happiest if you're doing what you love. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, I think occasionally there are people who are trying to do what they love, but they're not maybe being creative about like how they're doing what they love. Mm -hmm. And then 
it kind of like takes the joy out of it because they're just like not making enough money. Yeah. I see that a lot. Um, do you have any other, any other, anything else you want to say about like the crossroads of business and creativity? Just like, is there anything that we've missed? Um, no, I just think that like when you do find that thing, like you have to think outside the box. You can't like, and your journey is going to be very different from someone else's. So you need to be like open and to figuring out really what works for you. Yeah. But then also find like what is missing? Like what, what are what need. do people want yeah. as well? And you can kind of merge the two. But you have to be open-minded, ready to work really and um and choose like a positive like outlook on it. Mm-hmm. Um that's something that it can be hard at times, especially when you're like trying to just make ends meet. But at the same time, if you continue, I don't know, if you don't give up, like it'll eventually get there. There yeah. will always be like a rough patch, but think, you'll get there. I think you're right. There will always, there will be rough patches. And then, you know, the thing that I always try to remind myself and, you know, when I look back at my, my past, there are always like opportunities that present themselves that I, I wouldn't have like expected. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you kind of have your mind, like you're always sort of looking for like those things and you're like putting out feelers and like you're thinking about your work in kind of an abstract way, you'll, you'll see those opportunities and an opportunity might just be an idea, you know, like Mm -hmm. having that kind of thing, like, Oh, I could also, I could teach girls nights classes or, Mm -hmm. you know, like just having kind of this, you know, you're kind of like always churning around, like, what, what could I be doing? Yeah. Yeah. And you're kind of taking that idea and saying, can this idea take me to the next level in another area? Right. So you want to also think like one step ahead of what that thing is that you're working on. Yeah. Yeah. Or like for me, sometimes I'm thinking like, like this project for me is partly like, I feel like a lack of a network sometimes because my work is so alone Mm -hmm. and sometimes I just feel like I need creative minds that I'm like connected to and can like you know just talk to and work with and and also I'm learning how to use this audio equipment Mm -hmm. you know so it's like what can I can I find a project that like serves me in multiple ways um or you know can I find like a creative way to like build a skill set while I'm also building like a project yep um, always learning and growing. Yep. Okay. One last question, which is what's your like dream project Dream project, or oh. a dream collaboration or like sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dream would be to have like a ton of cookbooks, but then also to have maybe with that, my own line of like cooking products and things that I love. Yeah. Like oils and things. Yeah. Is that what I mean? Yeah. Some that are food, but then also others like I don't know, maybe my own brand of cooking equipment. Yeah, that or, would be Or, you know, a collaboration awesome. with somebody. Um, yeah. But really, like, books are major to me. And in different areas, because I love a lot of different styles of cooking and being a private chef. Like, you have to be able to do everything. So, like, I'll have, like I have people coming, um, they're halal. So I have to do a halal menu, wow. you know, so I have to get yeah. like blessed meat. So you have to be able to do a lot. And I want to be able to 
put that down on paper, I guess, yeah. in a way. How, do you have you know? a book yet? No. You're working on your first book. Working that's on my first. so exciting. Yeah. That's a, that's a major goal. I mean, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So where can we find you on, on the internet and things? Yeah. How can we support you? So we have um, our website. It's amnicoli.com. And then we're on Instagram. Just my name, Aubrey Nicoli. Awesome. Two ways to find me. And your and your book will be done at some point and Yeah. We'll, hopefully this year. Great. That's the goal. <laughs> I just finished recording a new album, so I'm kind of in that like like we're still kind of mixing and editing and yes. I'm in that kind of like creative like it's happening uh-huh. this year kind of yes. a thing. Well thanks so much. This yeah. was awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Artifice. Our music is by Jerem Hansen and artwork by Savannah Kiniston. If you'd like to recommend a professional artist for an interview on the podcast, please send me a note through my website, emvocals.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week.